Shalom, this is Avigal Rock. Today we begin our last unit in Parashat Ve'eshev, the story of the baker and the butler. Last class we ended off with Yosef being falsely accused by the wife of Potiphar and being thrown into prison. Today we'll continue the story of Yosef in prison. Our story begins in chapter 40, verse 1. Our story begins with And after these matters it came to happen. Now if you recall, last class we came across a similar phrase in the story of the wife of Potiphar. And there we said that those words are not just nice connecting words. And after these it came to happen. Whenever we see that phrase, it tells us that the previous story and the following story are directly connected. Sometimes cause and effect, sometimes action and punishment, all types of relationships, but there's always a very uh, very close-knit relationship, which we have to figure out what it is. Here I think it's very clear the relationship. Uh, when we finish chapter 39, we think Yosef is left in in prison uh, till the day he dies. We don't know how he's going to manage to get out of there. Chapter 40 is going to be... Um, Yosef's stepping stool to get out of Egypt. So it's is a way of telling us that this whole story that's about to happen is happening as God's way of intervening in history so that Yosef can get to where he needs to get eventually, which is the house of Pharaoh. The king's butler and the king's baker had committed an offense to their master. Um, just a, a couple of sentences on the the position of the king's butler and the king's baker. These are not just someone that works in the kitchen. The king's butler and the king's baker were perhaps one of the highest positions in the in the kingdom. They had these two people had to be extremely trustworthy. They had to go through uh, undergo through clearance, security clearance, and uh, the king's safety was in their hands. They had they had constant access to the king and they can easily poison the king. And therefore an offense that they have committed is going to require great investigation. And for this purpose they are put in prison until um, their verdict is decided. Verse 2. The king was angry at his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. The king puts the baker and the butler in the uh, in the royal prison, which is in the house of Sar Hatabachim, which makes a lot of sense. And Sar Hatabachim is the chief executioner. So until it is, their verdict is decided, they're put in the prison that's at the home of Sar Hatabachim. Verse four. Sar Hatabachim appoints Yosef to be with them and to serve them, and they were a time period in custody. So why does Sar HaTabachim appoint Yosef? Yosef is Sar HaTabachim's most talented, well-liked uh, prisoner. And therefore, it would only be fitting to appoint him to serve the needs of the two pro most prominent prisoners in the kingdom. So Yosef is appointed to serve them, and they were yamim b'mishmar. They were together in prison for an extended time period. Yamim perhaps can be just a long time. Yamim in Tanakh, also and this is explained by several of the commentators, is a time period of a year that's based on a pasuk in Sefer Vayikra. Ad tom shnat mim karo, yamim tiagulato. That the word year appears in the same context as the word yamim, and that's where they deduce that yamim is a year. So during this time period, Yosef gets to know the Sar HaMashkim and Sar HaOfim, which is going to be very relevant, the fact that they've been a while in prison before the next story is about to happen. What's the purpose of Yosef being together with Sar HaMashkim and Sar HaOfim for such an extended amount of time? 
one purpose is, besides solving the dreams, which is very important, but one purpose is Yosef spent a large part of his life as a shepherd or around shepherds, and from the time he's been sold, he's spent his life as as a slave. Yosef does not, is not closely familiar with the mannerisms, the culture, the style of royalty, and therefore he is put together in a cell with these two people where he's going to be able to learn the mannerisms that he'll need when he goes eventually to the household of Paro. So let's continue verse 5. Okay, this is a very long verse, and they uh, both had a dream. Each had his own dream in one night. Each dreamt in accordance to his interpretation. The baker and the butler to the Egyptian king who were in the, who were in the prison. Uh, what is the meaning of this verse? Um, there are several uh, several explanations to this verse. We'll try to just simplify it. They each had a dream. Each one of them had a unique dream to themselves, and they knew that the interpretation was individually related to them. Verse 6, Yosef, the next morning, sees that they are... They look aggravated, they look upset, they look distraught. And he asks the officers who are, who are with him in custody at the house of his uh, master, why do you look bad today? Why do you look upset? Why do you look grieved today? It takes a great deal of courage for Yosef, the prisoner slave, to ask officials this uh, this question, but uh, then again, he's with them for a year. So after a year, he feels that he can ask them that. Um, the extended amount of time also allows him to recognize that they look different than every other day, that they are in a bad mood. And they respond to his question, The answer, we had a dream, and we don't have any interpreter. Now, in Egypt, in ancient Egypt, the dream interpretations was a de well-developed science. They are books. They are guides of how to interpret dreams. There were schools for dream interpreters. Uh, each symbol ha could have several different meanings. Uh, if you've seen a cat, uh, it could mean X, Y, and Z. So not only did each symbol have different meanings, each symbol had different meanings, but and in accordance to the dreamer and the identity of the dreamer and the status of the dreamer, it had different meanings. Each sim a, 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 an object that was dreamt of or an event that had dreamt of also had to, one had to figure out: is it allegorical? Is it representing something else? Or it itself is the object that is um, and needs to be interpreted as is. So it's a it's a very well developed science. And the officers are saying we had this dream, but we don't have any of the professional dream interpreters here with us in prison to so to help us interpret the dream. And they really feel that the dream that a man received was a message from the gods revealing them a certain message and they could not decipher this message without the help of the professionals. To which Yosef responds to them something very strange. Is it not so that the interpretations are in the hands of God? Therefore, tell me your dream. What does Yosef mean that when he says them, the interpretations is in the hands of God? 
So one possibility suggested by the Ibn Ezra is that the ancient belief was that we discussed this in our first class when Yosef had his dreams, and it was believed that the one's interpretation can impact the future so if you give if you misinterpret it you might be causing damage to the future to which Yosef replies don't worry the interpretation how a dream plays itself out eventually is in the hands of God and therefore I won't cause any damage tell me whatever in other words there's a disagreement between Yosef and the uh, baker and the butler where he's saying I won't have an impact I'll say what I have to say but what happens in the future that's in the hands of God that's one possibility. Another possibility suggested by Barbanel, he says the the interpretation is a gift of God. It's a, it's some sort of ruach hakodesh. Maybe I'm the right shaliach. Maybe I'm the right messenger of God. Maybe God will reveal to me halol Elohim pitronim. Therefore, you don't have to worry. You don't have to hesitate, and you can tell me your dreams. And maybe God will reveal to me. Maybe not. But you have nothing to lose. And so the butler it begins to tell his dream. So the, the butler begins, he says, in my dream, I see a vine, and the vine has three branches, and it, this, these branches, they, they bud, and they blossom, and uh, they give, and, and the fruit ripen, and Pharaoh's goblet cup is in my hand, and I took the ripened grapes, and I, sque I squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I served Pharaoh. Uh, what's the interpretation of this dream? Verse 12. The interpretation of this dream, the three branches that you have seen are three days. In three days, power will restore you back to your original position. And you will, uh, as a butler, and you will continue to serve Pharaoh. Uh, how, do, what's, how does Yosef know that this is the interpretation? How does he figure this out? According to the Abarbanel, this is, this is Ruach HaKodesh. This is a, a, a divine, divine inspiration here. It was revealed by God. That's uh, Abarbanel's interpretation here. Uh, Rabbi Yosef Bechor Shor and many of the other commentators as well say, no, this is, not, this is just a lot of common sense. So the truth is we don't really need to be... Um, uh, Freud to understand the the dream here it does seem very obvious. He he was a bake he was a butler and now he's preparing grapes. But uh, let's try to focus on the aspect that Yosef that Yosef um, does need uh, something more than just uh, what what seems obvious. And Rabbi Yosef Bechor Shor says point, he points out that the difficult part of the dream is shloshet hasarigim, the three branches. Because three can, it could have been one branch. He could have seen the whole thing with one branch, one branch budding and one branch um, giving fruits and uh, and so on. Why do we need three? And uh, the greatness of Yosef, Yosef is that he understood that this is time and he understood it was a short amount of time. How does Yosef understand from the dream that this is a short amount of time? Maybe three branches can be three months, three years, uh, and so on, but not three days. Because the, the dream, as it's described by the butler, seems to indicate that things are happening at very quick speed. Read verse 10. There are three branches in the, in the vine. 
and at, as is it as it's budding, it's already it's already blossoming. as it's budding, it's already blossoming. And instantly right afterwards, and the fruit are already ripening. So things are happening very fast. So that's how he knows whatever time period, it's a short time period. It's about time and a short amount of time. And how does he know three days? Uh, uh, here, Ibn Ezra suggests something very interesting and I think convincing. Uh, it, it could have been three weeks. It could have been three months, which is also a relatively short amount of time, much shorter than uh, than three years. But why does he know three days? He's familiar with, with, with the news. He knows what's going on. And if he knows in three days is the king's birthday. So it makes – and what does the king do on his birthday? So he pardons – prisoners we know that's what kings do on their birthday that's what's done in egypt and that's what's done in many cultures we know in our dav in our davening in rosh hashanah we say hayom harat olam hayom ya'amid bamishpat kol yitzurei kedem im kevanim im kavadim im kevanim rachmenu karachem aval banim im kavadim einenu lechat tiluyot ad shetechonenu vetotzid laor mishpatenu so we say today uh, so on rosh hashanah what are we saying today is the birthday of the world today god will judge all creatures of the universe he may judge them as children and he may judge them as servants if you judge us as children return to god and say judge us like a father is merciful towards his children and if you judge us as your slaves as your servants uh, please pardon us pardon so a king on the birthday pardons that is it's common in cultures until today and back to this story here yosef knows that in three days these people are going to come to judgment because that's what a king does on his birthday. And this is a story about being restored to the position or not being restored to position. And we don't have to say that this is a divine inspiration here. This is just great wisdom. Yosef understands people. Yosef understands that the butler and the baker, three days before the verdict, are getting very nervous what's going to happen with them. And therefore, they're, each of them is dreaming. Now, what is the butler? Apparently, the, the butler is going to be restored to his position. What does he dream of? He dreams of being going back to his position and serving the king. And probably Yosef, uh, knowing the character of the butler, knows that he is likely to be restored to his position. Maybe he sees that the butler is... Um, is a loyal servant. He sees he is careful. He sees he's diligent. If you look at the way the butler describes his dream, we see that the butler is is active. He takes the cup. He squeezes the grapes. He serves uh, at his hands. He's he's working here. So all Yosef needs to know, he doesn't really need to be, he, he, Yosef is no prophet. All he needs is a great deal of understanding of human nature. He And uh, understanding human nature and knowing Sar Hamashkim. Um, and when Yosef interprets it, he interprets, when he begins the interpretation, he only interprets the part that was very difficult. The fact that there's nothing to interpret in the squeezing of the grapes. That's very, very obvious. There's nothing there to interpret. The only, the missing link here, the part that's difficult to understand here, is what is the meaning of the three branches. As Rabbi Yosef Bechor said, it could have easily uh, been one branch. So Yosef writes, Ze pitrono, shloshet hasarim, shloshet yamimhem. Zepitrono, this is the solution. This is the, this is what needs to be interpreted. Everything else is clear. What needs to be interpreted is the Shalosh Gim, and of course, it's very clear that what's going to happen in three days, three days, you'll be restored to your position, and you will continue giving Paro, serving Paro.
And then he goes on with a personal request in verse 14. He continues asking him a very personal request. He says, when you go out, please mention, if you remember, mention me to Paro. And you should do with me a kindness and take me out of this place, for I, has, I have been stolen, Gunov Gunafti, from the land of the Hebrews, and here too I have done nothing for them to put me in this pit. It is not uncommon that when a dream interpreter interprets the dreams, that he receives a, a compensation for his services. We know when Shaul and the Na go look for the donkeys they have lost, the the servant of Shaul suggests that they go to the seer, and Shaul responds, but I don't have a gift to bring to the seer. So we know if you bring to the seer, to the prophet, to the dream interpreter, it was common that you bring some sort of offering. Here, what is Yosef asking in return for his services? He says, do me a favor in return for my services and mention me to par to par oh. And that way I can get out of this place. Now, because I've been stolen from the land of the Hebrews, and here too I've done nothing. One might think, why should it, in what right should a slave get out of prison? Or should a slave be, be fr just go as a free as a free man? To which Yosef addresses that and says, "No, I'm not. A, I'm not a slave. I was kidnapped. I'm not born a slave. True, as someone who's born a slave should, in the culture, remain a slave. But I'm not. I'm not a slave. By I was kidnapped against my will. Uh, in addition, the butler might be thinking to himself, "Why should I be helping someone who is uh, evil, who tried to uh, rape Potiphar's wife?" To which he said, "I am innocent." Gampolo asiti meuma kisamuti babor. So on two accounts, number one. I'm not a slave, and number two, which is a legitimate reason for me to get out of here as a free man, and number two, I, I did not commit the offenses I've been accused of. Kisamu Otibabor. Verse 16. So Sar Ha'ofim, the baker, sees that he had interpreted this in, in a well manner, and he tells to Yosef, me I too, me too, in my dream, I have, I have seen three baskets upon my head. What does that mean that Sar Ha'ofim saw that he had uh, interpreted in a good manner? So Rashbam writes here, the three words, Nikarim divrei emet. Rashbam says, what does Sar Ha'ofim see? He sees, one can tell the truth when he sees it, and it sounded, it made sense to him. It seemed reasonable. Chizkuni uh, explains here very nicely. He says that generally when someone gives a prediction of the, of the future, they like to give a prediction far off into the future, something that's going to happen in three years and 30 years. But here Yosef is giving a, a prediction of something that's going to happen in three days. So if he's willing to take such a risk, there must be truth to him. Another possibility, is by Ibn Ezra and several other commentators, is that based on the belief that the that the interpretation can have an impact on the dream he so what does what does the baker see here the baker sees that yosef get a gave a positive tov here would mean positive a positive interpretation to the dream of the butler therefore he's hoping well maybe he'll give me a positive interpretation too and that's why he starts out and he says to yosef me too i too look at my dream my dream is very similar afani bechalomi vihine shlosha i also had that thing with the three that the that the butler had but what did I see? I see shlosha salei chori al Upon my head, there are three baskets of chori. Baskets of chori can either mean 
baskets with holes, chorim, like the wicker baskets. Baskets of chori can also mean chor is white. Chor, karpas, the word comes from the word chiver, which is pale, white. white. The baskets of white bread upon my head. And on the top basket of all Paro's baked goods there, and the birds is eating from the basket. Now, here too, you, we don't have to be Freud. We see here he's very passive. He's not doing anything. He's just standing, which could also indicate to Yosef the difference between the two servants. We have one who is lazy, who's just standing and doing nothing. And he's not only is he not doing nothing, he's not only is he not doing anything, he's also rather quite negligent because the food is on top of his head and birds are eating it. Seems like some sort of negligence there. And as opposed to Sar HaMashkim, where the food reaches its destination, here it goes to the birds eat from the food. So based on what Yosef has seen after being with them for an extended amount of time in prison, and based on what they're describing to him, he reaches the conclusion that this one is not dreaming of giving his food and he probably uh, food to Paro because he probably won't end up serving Paro. And he has good reason to worry about the birds eating from his food. And here, once again, the only thing that's left for Yosef to interpret is the number three. And he says, yes, you have the same thing with the three. And just like he told the first dreamer, the butler, in three days, Paro will count you with amongst his servants. Yosef, with the baker, I would say almost say cynically, uses the same words. The king will uses the same word, but in a different meaning. In the first time, meant with the but, with the but, with the butler, Yisaparot meant he will count you, include you amongst his servants. Here, Yisaparot Roshecha, he will lift up your head, physically, literally, from your body, which means he will execute you, Yisaparot Roshecha Me'alecha, and he will hang you, and the birds will eat your flesh. So this Yamim B'Mishmar, when we start up our chapter, they've been there for an extended amount, that Yosef was with them for an extended amount of time, had several purposes. Number one, he, Yosef becomes familiar with the mannerisms of the palace. Number two, Yosef gets to know the butler and the baker, and that helps him interpret the dream and understand why is one going to be dreaming this type of dream and why is the other going to be dreaming the uh, another type of dream. Uh, number three, it also gives him the this extended amount of time gives him the courage to feel comfortable with them, comfortable enough to ask them to solve his dream, something that would not have happened after a week or two of being in prison. And not only are the, is the story of the baker and the butler eventually going to be the story that's going to help get Yosef out of prison, but the story of the baker and the butler also helps Yosef learn the art of interpreting dreams. He's go he learns from this story how to understand different, different themes. He learns the difference between an allegorical dream and a literal dream. We had said earlier that different things mean certain things in dreams can were understood as is, and certain things were understood allegorically. For example, the birds eating from the bread baskets on the head of the baker. That's allegorically. That's not as is, as opposed to. The, ba the butler who's taking the grapes and squeezing them into the cup and serving the king, that is, that is as is. So he learns to interpret the different types of dreams. He also learns that when there's a number here, it, mean, it can mean time, three. And the three, he identifies three as time. Okay, let's go to verse 20. 
ויהי ביום השלישי, יום הולדת את פרעה, ויעש משתה לכל עבדיו, ויישא את ראש שר המשקים ואת ראש שר האופים בתוך עבדיו, וישב את שר המשקים על משקהו, וייתן הכוס על כף פרעה. ואת שר האופים תלה כאשר פטר להם יוסף. So it was uh, on the third day, indeed, it was Paro's Yom Huledet. This is the only time in Tanakh where we have the phrase Yom Huledet, which we use in Hebrew today as birthday. Birthday can either mean the birthday of the king. Uh, it's also, some, according to some commentators, it is the day that his son is born. The difficulty with that idea is that that is not something that could have been predicted. So we'll take go with the interpretation that Yom Huledet means the birthday of Paro and not the birth of his son. And he makes throws a big party, Vayas Mishteh to all of his servants, and he and he addresses all of his servants, Sar Hamashkim and Sar Hofim, the baker and the butler, and he restores the the butler to back to his position, and he can and the butler serves Paro. And the baker he hangs as Yosef had interpreted to them. And our chapter ends Vilozachar Sar Hamashkim et Yosef Vaishkahehu. Sar Hamashkim didn't does not remember Yosef and he forgets him. What does it mean to not remember and he forgets him? So not remember in the short term, forgot in the long term was one possibility. Another interpretation that I like is the interpretation of is that Zahar does not mean remember, rather it means to mention. Sar HaMashkim does not mention Yosef when he speaks to Paro, as Yosef had asked him, and therefore, since he didn't mention him, eventually he ended up forgetting all about him. In Chazal's division of Parashot, they chose to end this parasha really on a cliffhanger, and this way they can make sure everyone came back to Shul, uh, to hear the continuation in the following week. And uh, r- very rarely does someone reach to this pasuk and not try to think what's going to happen next. So Yosef is still stuck in prison. Rashi bring, br- suggests here that this the reason he stays in prison, the reason Pasar HaMashkim had forgotten him, is as a punishment to Yosef for Yosef was relying on the butler to take him out. I think it's a rather difficult Perush and I would prefer to suggest Yosef simply has to stay in prison because it's not time yet to bring the famine upon Egypt for whatever reason. There's many considerations. During this time period, maybe Yosef can perfect more his uh, his talents in prison. Yosef stays in prison because it's just it's just not the right time yet. Yosef has to come out of prison when it is time to bring the famine upon Egypt, and I guess it's not time for that yet. And that's why uh, he'll be he'll still be here for a while. Uh, with that, we've concluded Parashat Vayeshev. I look forward to beginning with you Parashat Miketz next week. Shabbat Shalom.